Mike the Baptist, the program that seeks to educate you. Fails miserably sometimes, but once in a while we come through with a tidbit, and that's what we're after today is a tidbit. Welcome back to Neil Andrews across the table from me. Hey. Good to see you, Neil. Good evening. Good to see you, H.D. Uh, Jones. Good to see you, Michael. Good to see you. Good to notice I didn't crack any jokes. I, I just appreciate said that. your name. I appreciate that. It's my new, uh, it's my, it's the new me to use pronouns. Gotcha. Which is just your name. <laughs> That's the pronoun I'm going to use. Might drop Brother Hodo in once in a while. But, there you go. And uh, Koontz. Good to see you back, Koontz. Good to see you too. We're back for another uh, rip-roaring session of, uh, of uh, Christian frivolity. I just made that up. Which, you know, is okay. It's, look, if you're... If you're a Christian person and you're not having fun, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, you are. Because when you're a Christian person, you're freed up to have, have fun. Mm -hmm. And so I'm all about it. I'm going to do it. Hope you join me. Right. <laughs> uh, I know the guys here at the table with me are as equally frivolous as I am. And that's part of the intent of this program is to get the uh, frivolity out of you guys. Maybe that's the word of the day, frivolity, because that's like three times right there that it has shown up. In Sometimes I just use words like that to feel like I'm smarter than I actually am. And then when you go back and look it up, and you're like, oh, that's not even a word. Well, no, I actually kind of know what that one means. I've okay. used it before. So okay. Will you define it for us? I'm comfortable with it. I'm kind of like a poster child for it. <laughs> oh, so what I'm saying. Frivolity. Yeah, if you're having a fundraiser for your frivolity club, you feel free to use my image. There you go. Uh, send us a send us some email if you have email comments at mikethebaptist.com. Here's what we're looking for. We're looking for just comments, which is why it's labeled. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to point this out to you so bluntly, Pretty but easy. I'm going to have to evidently because we're not getting a lot of email yet. I get a lot of people that uh, I know or uh, have seen this who say something in Kroger or at my church, uh, but they're not sending me email. Let me just point out, if you're trusting anybody at this table to remember what you said <laughs> long enough to make it back here so we can break it up, you're... you're have we, have we gotten one on from Denny? Eyes. Has Denny sent in an email? Uh, Denny has not. I'm surprised. Uh, yeah, but Denny, oddly enough, still surfaces once in a while. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised he didn't put one out there. Yep. Uh, many of you listening or watching will know who Denny is. Many of you won't. Uh but I can't, I can't explain to you publicly who Denny is. Uh, send us an email. <laughs> Comment at MikeTheBaptist.com, and I'll explain to you who Denny is. And he's kind of semi-famous in this area. Yeah, he is. Anyway, so uh, uh, where are where we going there? Send us comments yes. or email. food, yeah. email address, or food, yes. or food. You know, we keep bringing this up. Yeah, uh, we want to try to develop a, a regular, uh, recurring section of this program where we taste food that people make and send to us. It's kind of like a review. I mean, if we get going uh, regularly with that, people will want their food items to be on there. This and has nothing we, to do with us just wanting a snack. We have a number of followers. We do have, and it's growing. We have a number of followers. Yes. And so if you're wanting to impress people. I mean, people, one is a number, but we have a number well, that, of followers. It is a number. <laughs> Actually, we have two. Okay. That I know of because one of them approached me this week and okay. said, 
there's this listener watcher called Glenda mm-hmm. uh, that we speak of once in a while on this program, and she actually made us some cinnamon rolls, which yeah. she's famous for. Really good. It was, a, it was a good day, and we reviewed those. Yeah, and we gave them a really honest, good review. Well, this other lady approached me this week and said, uh, "I have an okay from Glenda to make my cinnamon rolls." Oh for, wait, what? For you we're gonna have a competition well like. no 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 we're not because she said I, that's what i said yeah okay, okay. got competition she said no hmm. she said i don't want to compete with glenda i said well that's too bad because <laughs> it's going to be a competition it's game on right break, break so us. she said well when do you guys do this thing i said well we you know we Saturday mornings at 12.01, but once in a while we get together like on Tuesdays to kind of discuss it, and that's really when we kind of need mm-hmm. uh, your your product that you're going to make. So I encouraged her, this was three days ago, <laughs> uh, to go ahead and do it because it, uh, uh, smell any cinnamon rolls. Well, no, something happened, the breakdown of communication, something happened there, uh, and uh, by the time she hears this, I will have already corrected that, so it gets confusing in the car world. Producing shows and stuff is confusing how that works. But anyway, so uh, by the time you hear this, I want to either say thank you to her <laughs> for those wonderful cinnamon rolls, or we're still waiting one of the two. Uh, but anyway, so so we did have a no. I know at least two uh, listeners, and it is a competition. It'll be friendly, uh, but make no mistake. It's a review, but it's also a competition. So we're looking forward to that. And if uh, you want to uh, provide something for us to review, we'll review it. In fact, if you want to be here uh, when we review it, you're welcome. You can be in our studio audience, and we will uh, we'll do it right in front of you and God and everybody else. And Okay, so today on the front porch, uh, I thought it would be interesting and possibly highly entertaining to talk about funny things that we have seen happen in a church. (laughs) I mean, it's it's an incredibly dangerous topic to open up, but I thought there's a possibility it could be interesting. I'll start. I'll break the ice. Uh, there's a gentleman at the, uh, at the church I go to who, whose wife passed away. And he's a great, great human being. He won't care at all for me telling this because it was just funny. It was really funny. Um, at her funeral, uh, shared wonderful memories of her. She was a great, great lady, always really uh involved in that church and so it was you know you hear people talk about celebrations of life well it was a celebration uh, of her life it was all great Uh, at the end her husband wanted to say a a word or two Uh, so he he went to the front of the church there and took the microphone he's a great human being too i mean solid a christian person as you'll probably ever meet and highly involved in church, but he's just a great guy. And he took the mic and he began talking, you know, and giving his thanks and all that, and, and talking about his wife and 
and uh, about, you know, even though she's gone, you know, her presence and all she did around here. And then he said, I'm going to paraphrase it a little, I don't remember the exact words, but he said, and comedy is all about timing. And this was some of the most perfect comedic timing I've ever seen, and it was at a funeral. But he said something to the effect of, um, I want everybody here to know I'm available. <laughs> and there was like a 20-second really uncomfortable pause, enough time to kind of look around at each other to say, mm -hmm. did, but then he said, to help you with anything that you might need help with. But yeah. the timing was impeccable. Yeah. Yeah. He said, I want you to know I'm available to help you with anything that you want. <laughs> and so it, it was so funny. It was so funny. But uh, And I'm, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't care for me sharing that with you because it was just such a great moment. Uh, Anyway, well, there, ice broken. <laughs> if he does share, he can, if he does care, he can send his comments to comments. Yeah, comments at, at MikeTheBaptist.com. Yeah. And I know, I know he emails. He does have email. He does have email. Mm -hmm. But you know what, though? I remember at a Dickens meeting years ago that he was also in. A lot of people had blackberries and stuff at that time. Uh, and somebody said something, wanted everybody to remember the date. And everybody started whipping out these blackberries and all. Well, this gentleman whipped out a little miniature three-spring spiral notebook, and he's writing it down. So I dubbed that the dingleberry. <laughs> yeah, everybody else had a blackberry, but he had a dingleberry. There you go. <laughs> okay, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you there. No, 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 no. So I've been in church my whole life, and I've seen just some crazy things. There's some been some funny things. There have been some inappropriate things. But uh, just a couple that came to mind um, are – normal pastor our head pastor was gone on vacation and so he invited one of his buddies to come in and preach this sunday so this dude gets up he preaches and then he offers an invitation and sure enough this young man comes down front and we kind of knew him and he kind of a little bit of a woolly booger and he'd kind of been in and out of church you know but he comes down <laughs> he comes down front and uh, kind of a woolly booger yeah kind of <laughs> He comes down front. It's probably the seventies. I think Willie Booger was a yeah, appropriate comment. comment back then. Uh, so he comes down front during the invitation, and this pastor who knows him not just is shaking his head and bobbing his head. And at the end of the invitation, he says, "Well, could I get everybody to sit down a minute? This young man has something he'd like to say to the congregation." This old boy, I think, was strung out on drugs, too. And he goes, he takes the microphone, and he goes, I just want everybody to know you know me. I know you. I've been coming to this church my whole life, and I know what y'all think about God. But I've been out there, and i found some other things. This God you're talking to may not be the only God, and you need to understand <laughs> that. And, and we're all just like, I mean, it was like, Nobody knows what to do. He's already up there. Nobody knows what to do. He's got the microphone. Nobody knows what to do. This poor little pastor, he's just sitting there. He's bouncing his head going, wait, what What did he just say? One guy, I remember this distinctly, picks his wife up and sets her out and goes, get the kids out of here now. People are running out the back door. The mama's over here crying. You know, it's her son, and he's embarrassing her. And then one old boy takes his Bible, and he stands up, and he goes, 
you will not talk about these things in the house of God. And he's shaking his Bible at him and stuff. And I just remember all my dad finally looked at my mom and goes, yeah, get the kids out of here. You know? <laughs> we're like, no, we want to study and see what happens. So, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of crazy. And then one more, and then I'll let these other guys uh, expound because I know we've got some good stories. Um, a girl I actually went to high school with, she didn't get saved till she was an adult. She was so excited about wanting to be baptized and everything. So, you know, come back on Sunday night. We're going, we're going to have a baptism. It's a big celebration. And she actually wanted me to baptize her. And I'm like, okay, I can do that for you. And uh, so we, we get there and go through the service. She's back there getting dressed, getting ready for baptistry and everything. All of a sudden, the power on the whole block is gone. There's no power. And it's dark. It's wintertime, so it's dark outside. And she's crying upset because she wants to be baptized. And I looked at some guys. And I'm like, hey, we got, we got to make this happen. This old boy goes, don't worry. I got this. Next thing I know, the front doors of the church open up. He drives his four-wheel drive up on the porch <laughs> of the church. And hits the high beams, <laughs> and sure enough, we had enough light. We baptized that girl. So yeah. <laughs> so you just thought Arkansas was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to compare it with right? something. Like welcome to the Briar. <laughs> Greenbrier, Tennessee. Woo, welcome to the Briar. The Briar. I've never heard it called yeah. the Briar. <laughs> oh man. Okay, Neil. <laughs> uh, quite a few years ago, I heard this version of the hallelujah chorus that quincy jones had arranged hmm. um he's a very successful producer if hmm. you didn't know that you hmm. probably do but hmm. he's done all sorts of with uh, michael jackson he's been around right barbara streisand yeah on and on and on but it was uh it used artists that i know um take six and patty austin and some folks like that it was great and it was very uh gospel sounding it wasn't the way that Handel wrote it. But you could sing along with it if you did it. It's just the rhythm underneath it was a little different, but it was really good. So I felt like we should use that, and we worked on it for several weeks. Used it on Easter morning, because that is when Handel originally did that, if you don't know. I did not know that. Yeah, it wasn't Christmas. I'm not sure why everybody uses the Halloween course on Christmas, but it's the story of Christ being resurrected and all of that. So Easter's kind of, that's when they did that originally. Anyway, um, we did it, and the congregation was very enthusiastic about it. And at the end of the service, there was this gentleman who has become one of my favorite uh, congregants of all time. He was probably in his early 80s or something like that. Um, he, I saw him coming down the aisle. The service is over. People are packing up their things and going... He came down and he said, Pastor Neil, my wife, yes, sir. And he said, you know that version of the Hallelujah Chorus you use? I don't think he'd mind me telling the story either, um, in hindsight anyway. <laughs> he said, you know that version of the Hallelujah Chorus you use? I said, yes, sir. And he said, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I hope I never have to hear that again. <laughs> wow. And my standard response is, well, I appreciate your input. Yeah. You know, he walked out, and I had one of the, the elders in the church tell me they were they were uh, talking in the men's room, apparently, after that. And he just kept going on and on about how bad it was. And uh, he, he, said, he said to this <laughs> the elder, he said, I can't imagine that Handel would be, be turning in his grave right now if he heard that. 
And the elders <laughs> said to him, um, I imagine that if you were alive right now, you would have written it like that. <laughs> and so this person stopped saying anything. So anyway, <clears throat> seven years later, I felt compelled to use that version again. But this gentleman was on my mind, and I didn't want to uh, offend him by he doing still there? that. Oh, yes. Yeah, very active, and um, very. he'll let you know what he thinks. Yes. And so um, <laughs> I prayed about it, and I still felt like we were supposed to do it. So we practiced it. Easter morning, um, I asked my wife to pray for me, <laughs> and she said, well, I think, I think you need to be praying about that. So anyway, we did it seven years later. Did it. Congregation was enthusiastic about it, and service is over, and guess who I see walking down the aisle? <laughs> He's coming down the aisle, and he goes, Pastor Neil? I said, yes, sir. <laughs> he said, you know that version of the Hallelujah Chorus you just did? I said, yes, sir. And he said... I'd like for you to do that at my funeral. Oh, wow. So, <clears throat> yeah. Wasn't expecting that. Yeah. No, nope, me either. <laughs> Completely. Golly. Did not expect that. That's a good story. True. It was hilarious. It's <laughs> 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 really happened. Yeah, it really did happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. But did you? Uh, he hasn't passed away yet. But he did, he did call. <laughs> he called not long ago to make sure that you're still on. Oh, that you're still on? Okay. Look at that list. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're not rushing that or anything. No, no. no. <laughs> so, do you have a list where people have made requests for their funerals that you keep? No. I've got a list. People come to me like, I want you to do this. What you just, I want that. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are it's stressful. Too. It's like, I hope I don't forget this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of people in pre plan. I've yeah. got a lady that requested uh, myself and a couple other folks do a, uh, an acapella version of a song they heard us do one time. That, at my acoustic Christmas program for their funeral. Hmm. But I think that was like four years ago. She asked me, and I'm, I'm hoping she hangs on until I get around to actually do that. But maybe this is my reminder. <laughs> put that in your dingleberry. <laughs> yeah, I'll put that in the dingleberry. <laughs> okay, coach. Yes. Oh, were you. you through, Neil? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can't tell any others. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, all right. So uh, one, one thing, it's happened at two different churches and um, happened outside of the church, uh, but on the church's property. So uh, Sounds good already. I you like know, this already. Uh, <laughs> the first time this happened was at an inner-city church in southern Indiana, and that was a, it was a, it was a massive church, and we we're on a big four-lane road there and stuff, and um, had a big sign out there that was across the street in one of our extra parking lots. And we come in one Sunday morning, and the sign is gone because the driver literally went through the entire sign. I mean, big metal poles and everything, so the sign is gone. Fast forward, church that I just moved from here, I'd been there just a few months, and now we're out in a very rural setting. I mean, you have to really want to come to our church to find our church. We're so far out in the sticks on a little two-lane country road, and again, on a Sunday morning, I had some people come in. They're like, what happened to our sign? Like, I don't know. What are you talking about? Well, it's gone. So we go out there, and at that church, we had a huge front yard, several acres. You know, it's a nice, beautiful setting out there. But the sign was like an all-brick big old sign out there, and it had uh, landscaping that just kind of sloped up nicely to it. And some fella, well, person, we don't know who it was, 
um, came flying down this country road and did the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. And I mean, they hit that landscaping, went through the sign, and we measured bricks and where the car landed was over 50 yards away. I mean, we saw where it took off and where it landed. So, uh, of course, the license plate was gone from that car, and they'd taken some personal effects out of it and left some in the mm -hmm. property. Yeah. The car was stolen. That's the story that we were told, of course. But so it's like, huh, that's interesting. I've got to have that experience twice now. Yeah, that's interesting. At two different that's churches. Crazy. So uh, what I'm hearing, uh, Michael Kunitz is the executive pastor at my church. What I'm hearing. We're getting a new sign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. you want to do one, buddy? <laughs> we need to put some barricades up in front of it. Yeah, steel that's posts. right. Insurance will take care of it for you. That, but, is, uh, that is really weird. It, it's, it's, it is bizarre. But, yeah. Did I ever tell you about my buddy from... Uh, uh, the Hope Center. The Hope Center is a local place here that uh, if you have some, I don't know, issues with drugs or alcohol or something, it's a very Christian-oriented place. You can go and pretty well uh, get that taken care of uh, for a while. But anyway, uh, this one fellow, I used to go up there every Monday morning and do a little visit with those guys, and then I was kind of involved in a lot of other things, but I just got to know a lot of them. One of the first guys I ever got to know when I started uh, being involved with him years ago, he he had had a uh, an issue with drinking, and he said that uh, what finally brought him to the Hope Center is that uh, he had been praying God would give him some sort of sign about what to do, and he said he kind of had a little bit of a habit of after he I think he was a welder. and after work on his way home, he said he had a habit of dropping by the liquor store and a little half pint whiskey or something and drinking it pretty well on the way home mm. and he said one afternoon got off work and he's on his way home stopped at the liquor store and was dealing with it again asking God to get him a sign he said when he woke up uh, his car had driven through a brick church sign and his <laughs> car was stopped at the steps of are you the sure church. this was middle Tennessee <laughs> not east Tennessee <laughs> it could have been the same guy at your church but anyway I, I've always thought that's hilarious he wanted a sign God Boy, drove he, through a sign yeah, he took it right there too didn't he <laughs> so did that help him oh, along he, the yeah, way he, yeah All right. he, uh, great guy he actually awesome. uh, I, think, I think works I don't know if he still does or not but he actually went through all that and then he wound up helping a lot of other guys behind him and Great awesome. guy. Great guy, quote sense of humor, and he had this incredibly uh, suave, felt-looking purple uh, dinner jacket that he wore at any kind of function like that. I was just so jealous of that jacket, man. He just he looked so cool with that jacket, and he slipped his hair back. Man, that guy's cool right there. He's like a quartet singer. Yeah, man, he was a step above that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, Good front porch visit. I'm sure there are some more of those. Uh, we might do this again at some point because I'm sitting here thinking of uh, funny things that have happened. Some of them you can't tell because although they happen at a church, they're yeah, yeah. You just you wouldn't expect it at a church, but they're funny. But anyway, another time. Good front porch visit, guys. Uh, Going to take a break. Come back. Talk about some stuff we found in the Bible. I love 
just like friends should be With a great big hug and a kiss from me to you Won't you say you love me too? Oh my. <laughs> we say it all the time, but it's true. That's why we say it all the time. The Bible is a fascinating collection of writings. And you know, a lot of the reason it's so fascinating is the more you, the more you, I guess, study it, is that the word? The more you study it and think about it and get involved in it, the more you realize the things that were uh, being written back in the day they were written just nailed the way people are and had answers for problems. It's exactly the same today. Ever how many thousands of years later that is, uh, it's a book of writings that can help you right now Be because humans don't change. Yep. The basic way a human being is doesn't change. And I guess God, the things he spit out to these guys when they first wrote it apply just the same today. You know, the environment will be different, but the pe people are the same. Anyway, it's a good book and it's helpful. And the preachers here are going to Talk about what they've stirred up this week in it. In the end of the book of Colossians, Paul has taken them through this idea that Christ is preeminent, first place in everything. And then he's kind of talked about things that we should be doing, things that we should not be doing. Uh, as my friend Brother Jackson, he's like, you know, just these lists of do's and don'ts. <laughs> but he lists those things to help make the church better and then he gives these two great illustrations because you know one of the things that we're trying to portray to people is that the bible is just a real um it's god's word to help us be real people in a real world and so he uses these illustrations one is about a family he talks about how wives are supposed to uh, react with their husbands how husbands are supposed to take care of their wives and how uh, parents are supposed to love their kids and how kids are supposed to respond to parents. But then he goes into work and he talks about, okay, here's how you as an employee are supposed to act as an employee following Christ. And if you are a manager or an owner of a business, this is how you're to act. And so, you know, one of the things I really want to know from you guys is where have you seen some really good, we got enough bad illustrations, but where have you seen good illustrations of people that you have known who've done things right, maybe in their family or in their work, uh, that would kind of maybe encourage us to, you know, just be authentic with our Christianity. Well, you know, one thing, uh, a couple guys that um, really stick out in my personal life are, um, you know, the two men that my son's named after, mm -hmm. and just watching uh, how they live their life in a way of service. And uh, they really forfeited, I would say, a lot of things that I haven't. You know, they never got married because, and these are two guys that never knew each other, but they um, decided to stay at home and take care of widowed mothers. And for their entire lives, that's what they did. And uh, uh, just watching them serve. You know, uh, one of them took care of his grandmother and his aunts as well. And... Uh, to me, it, they may not have even, well, one of them didn't even quite understand that they were living out a biblical model for me in that. The other one, he did know that. He was a deacon in, in one of my churches years ago. 
and uh, just to see them be a servant and to be so self-sacrificing. I mean, that made such an impact on my life. And uh, uh, I still, you know, I'm talking about it today, you know, uh, 48 years old, and it just still amazes me that they would be willing to sacrifice so much just to love on somebody else. What about you, Neil? What have you seen? <laughs> I was thinking about a, a person that's become a really good friend, and his example, he, he led myself and my wife through um, the study that Henry Blackaby did, Experiencing God. And he never made a big deal about it, but he always exhibited um, just very Christ-like behavior. He never, he never pushed anything. He just lived it. He actually did those things. And I remember being at his home and he was having a, one of the rooms refinished. And the person was not doing a very good quality job. It was not good. And after he left, I made a comment about it. And he said, well, um, I wanted to help him. You look on the back of his van and he, you know, he makes, he's a Christian. And he said, I want to help him, but he needs to do a really good job on it too. Because if you're going to proclaim that you follow Jesus, then you need to do the things you do with excellence. And I saw him do that in everything that he was doing too. So, you know, there's something to this thing of Christianity is not just about our get out of hell free card, but it's it's the lifestyle that we lead. And I I agree with you guys um, to watch somebody live it out in their family when it's not always easy to live it out in their business um, to basically um, get messed over by some other people but do the right thing even when it doesn't feel right we kind of I kind of have a different respect for those guys you know I'm, I'm just real real thankful that you know there are people that are really trying to live out their faith in such a way and that's what Peter talks about when he says, you know, be ready to give a defense when you're asked. I always love that, when you're asked. So in other words, we should be living our lives in such a way that people notice a difference in us that people will come up and ask us, what's different about you? The way you treat your family or the way you do business shows me that you're different than just the, what the world is. I think you get a lot of opportunities to do that too because uh, – I think anybody that thinks about it for just 60 seconds can come up with times where somebody asks you, why didn't you jump back? Mm. What, when they when they jumped you, why did you not jump back right there? Or when they uh, cheated you a little bit on something, why did you not try to get that back? Or mm-hmm. I think that may be the same kind of instances they're talking about, but to be ready to answer why. Yeah. Uh, I guess... A lot of times in church you hear that thing about. Uh, I think I think sometimes we might hear that only as be ready to uh, explain the gospel, right? Or be ready to uh, expound on some some big theological thing that you might not be comfortable with. But I think it's I think it's more just to be ready is be ready to say, well, I didn't I didn't try to get back at them because that's not the way I'm supposed to act. I'm trying to do things the way the uh, the Bible or that God would want me to do them, and I don't find where He wants me to 
strike back at somebody, let him take care of the vengeance. And, yeah. Vengeance is mine. Did we do that on time on any or out or something? Sounds good. Uh, it's in there, by the way. <laughs> well, thanks for the spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and what this is, this is wisdom. You know, mm-hmm. uh, being like Christ, Christ likeness. That's wisdom. Wisdom isn't just knowing the right things to do. This is knowledge. Right, but it's also putting that into action the right way. You know, and that's what Christ did. Some of these guys that we've talked about that were, you know, have been meaningful in our lives or people and stuff like that, you know, they had wisdom and they had that knowledge of what God had told them to do and then they took it and put it into action. And, you know, that's an, again, just like everything that we've talked about on a lot of these episodes, this is an ongoing thing for us. Uh, We never master it. Uh, We're not always going to do it right, but we need to be people that are wise. And, you know, we have areas that we struggle with that. Uh, when somebody does come at us with the uh, the wrong tone. Uh, hypothetically. Hypothetically, yes, you know. Uh, Not that we would. Right, yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, and we don't strike back with the, uh, the same tone or the harsh words that we want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we need to do the what would Jesus do thing and put that into action. Man. I want to buzz that, but I can't. You can't do that, man. Put yeah. that on a T-shirt or something. A great idea. It'll never, it'll never work. I think a bracelet would be really good. That way, every time I'm it'll driving, never oh, work. Jesus, dude. It'll never work. Yeah, Go down with a smiley face. How would you just drive? How would Jesus drive? Yeah. <laughs> 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 the apostles, we drove in one accord, right? That's exactly right. We, we did talk about that one. It's biblical, too. You know, my mind always goes back in these conversations about being wise and all and how to react to things, my mind always goes back to grandparents. Always goes back to grandparents because they're all, always the in your family. seems like in times of crisis or when you really are kind of lost in your way, I find it interesting that people always gravitate back to grandparents in some way. It's like, mm-hmm. and we talked about on this last episode about places we went as kids and a lot of times it was that safe feeling when you're with your, your family. And, you know, in my instance, I was raised by my grandparents, so people came to the grandparents' house. But it's just like there's the calm, uh, wise person that kind of just seemed to always have the maybe the right kind of reaction to things. And that's the picture in my mind of somebody being wise. And I see it in, uh, you know, I've been in a, uh, the particular church I'm in, 20 five years or so, and I I can recall a lot of gentlemen uh, that were older than me, had that same kind of grandfatherly uh, thing about them where they were, they were calm, they were paced, uh, not real rattled at anything, and, you know, not quick to, I guess, maybe judge or react, and that's what always comes to my mind when I'm thinking about how you should act mm-hmm. and the way you act and how it affects other people. Right. Because, you know, us younger bucks can get all excited sometimes and cause even more trouble mm-hmm. <laughs> in situations. We had a uh, retired gentleman, a friend of ours, and some people came to him and they wanted a loan. And uh, so he gave them a loan, kind of did a personal document, you know, just to say, hey, I'm going to give you this money when you get back on your feet, da-da-da. 
he said they never heard from him again, even though they were in the community. He knew them. Uh, maybe he went to church with them. I can't remember the whole story, but he said he got a piece of paper from a lawyer that basically said, you know, well, these, these people filed bankruptcy. And he was really hurt by that. And uh, I remember kind of talking to him about it, and I said, what are you going to do about it? He said, I'm not going to do anything about it. Because for me to do something about it means I'm going to hurt them, and I'm going to hurt my witness. He said, if they can live with it, I can live without it. And I remember just sitting there as a young guy thinking, I'd be going, I'd be going, you know, let some air out of their tires, you know, right. whip their tail, you know, do, let's do donuts in the backyard or do something, get them back, you know. And uh, he, he was just very, I mean, he was hurt. He was very hurt. Mm-hmm. But he said, if they can live with it, I can live without it. And I, I really think if that group had gone to him and said, we're having trouble even paying this back, mm-hmm. he'd have worked with them. Yeah. But, you know, just to be kind of cut off and be talked to by an attorney and all that. And I, I asked him, I said, you go get an attorney? He said, no. He said, that's just good money chasing after bad. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of wisdom in that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I know when my grandfather passed away, he was a used car dealer all of his life. And my grandmother passed away 12 years before that. Um, he wanted to come out to the house one night and uh, go through all their old paperwork. And he and I sat there one night. He had a wood burn stove. And one after another, we pulled out bills where people had borrowed, or well, not borrowed, but they had set up car payments with him mm-hmm. and her over the years that never quite got it all paid off. And there's 30 something thousand dollars worth of that. We burned it all mm-hmm. in his stove right there. But he never looked back. I mean, I. Uh, he's a pretty wise guy. Pretty wise guy. Had a lot of respect, you know, and I think you get more respect, seems like, what I learned from him doing that than chasing people around trying to be mean to them. And yep. I guarantee you a lot of those people uh, that owed him money, if he knew they needed a $100 bill, he always had some. And he'd have gave them to him. I mean, he would have just gave them to him. And here's the probably the reality too: if they ran into each other in town somewhere, yeah, they probably felt a whole lot more uncomfortable. Oh, he didn't treat he anybody did. any different, you know, from one or the other. Nobody, nobody. You watch, you watch these people that are truly living like Christ. They're still loving. They're they're still like you say. They're still giving. They're still loving and that kind of stuff. And yeah. Those those people probably felt really uncomfortable because they kept waiting for the shoe to drop. Like when's he yeah. when's he gonna chew me out? When's he gonna cuss me? When's he gonna bring it up? Yeah, I've been on that side of things before. That's when, uncomfortable. When's he gonna bring it up? <laughs> and yet he never did, and that's that shows a lot. And th- these illustrations are there for us to teach to teach us. You know, um, don't don't go around telling everybody you're a Christian and go home and beat your kids and scream at your wife and you know we we've got to live it out and. That, I like those illustrations because they're very personal. Everybody has family. Everybody has a job. I mean, and so we're supposed to do those simple things. You know, we talk all the time about what does it mean to be a Christian and how do we live our life as a Christian? And I think some people think, well, if we're not called to be pastors or nobody, you know, I never thank God and wanted me to go be a missionary or to work for, you know, a not-for-profit. Well, that doesn't mean you can't live your life 
uh, as a Christian, loving your family, doing what's right at work, and loving other people in that scenario. I think that's what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. Well, what I like about all you guys at the table, I, I know all y'all fairly well uh, so far. Cooch is the newest, but I know you fairly well, well enough to know that you guys, even though you're in these uh, pastoral ministry positions, you're just guys that are trying to work on your own deal, too. Oh, absolutely. And we test that out regularly here between <laughs> in breaks here. I mean, we, you know. But, yeah, I respect that about you guys. And I, and I hope people that listen or watch what we're doing here begin to realize even more that you guys are just like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. But you have a little different call on you uh, than the majority of us. In reality, we all have the same yep. call, but you guys have a little more of a pull toward, I guess, teaching and assembling thoughts. And uh, like the last episode, we talked about this Colossian letter. That the deal then was they took that letter and ran around to all the different areas they were gathering and talked about it. And so you guys kind of have been pulled into that role, uh, where the rest of us don't have that pressure. But at the end of the day. Uh, we all trying to work on our own thing. We're all and called to be missionaries, right? We are. And uh, But I, I want people to look at you guys and understand that you need friends, That's just right. like I need a friend. And people don't always need to treat you guys like you're something that you can't approach. Because y'all are just common sticks. Yeah, usually in our in our so you profession, can approach a stick. I'm just going to tell you, you get one of the you get one of the <laughs> other. You get the people that don't want to bother you. I don't want to bother you. I don't want to bother you. So they isolate you. Mm-hmm. Or you get, I pay your salary, so let me tell you what I think. <laughs> in other words, you're a punching bag with hair, and I can tell you mm-hmm. everything I want to tell you. Your message stunk. You didn't do this right. Why'd you do that? And it's it's kind of kind of crazy sometimes but yeah thanks for trying to make us seem more normal you're welcome i'm doing all i can <laughs> i'm not sure that's working that's but huge undertaking i know right <laughs> 20 <laughs> make us normal it's kind of easy 28 episodes oh, 30 episodes this will be uh like uh this will be 28 or 29 yeah it hasn't worked yet so keep at it <laughs> yeah yeah we're gonna we'll keep chipping away at that you were talking about missionaries being missionaries and we're thinking about paul um doing that and all the things that he did but that he did them with other people it wasn't him all by himself and i was thinking we're getting ready to to uh, take a group of worship team folks to ireland and it's funny because if you hear hear the story about patrick about saint patrick he wasn't a saint um but he went through a long i'm going to try not to get buzzed he went through a long process of <laughs> Uh, he was kidnapped by Irish raiding pirates. He's British, and he was kidnapped. His his grandfather was a um, I think he was an Anglican pastor. His dad had been trained that way, but he didn't follow him. That he gets kidnapped. He's held in captivity for I don't know how many years, and he has a vision that God's going to show him a way out, and he does. He gets back home, and he trains as a pastor. He studies. And then he feels like he's supposed to go back and engage with the people that held him captive. That's crazy. And this so, is Saint Patrick. Well, it's Patrick. Yeah, he was nope. the saint part is is 
attributed to a denomination. Okay. But um, he recorded an autobiography. He wrote notes, and this would have been 425, I think, year-wise. It was Mm -hmm. 425 when he did that. And there were a couple of points in there that were funny to me, too. When he went back to Ireland, the, the whole island, it was Druid at the time. It was pagan. Um, and they give him credit with Christianizing Ireland because he went back and did that. But what mm. he did, he's the first one that was credited as doing what they call relational evangelism, which is not going and knocking on the door and going, do you know Jesus loves you? But he moved in with a, a town of people and became one of them and earned the right to share with them. Hmm. Um, and it was it was very successful, hmm. but I was I was thinking about that because he took people with him when he went back. He didn't do it by himself, and it was very it was a very Paul like kind of thing to do. There was another thing that popped into my head too, and it was all those illustrations that we were talking about when we were talking about wisdom hmm. and the difference between knowing and doing. Um, they're all people that have some level of advanced maturity. Um, not just in their their age typically, but their wisdom is something that, that brings maturity to the situation, I think. Mm-hmm. And our culture is at a place where they don't value um, older folks. They don't have the same value that we used to look at. That does seem to be true. Um, now. Our elders are, are not, not that you would hold someone in high esteem, but that you would at least Respect consider them. Yeah. and respect them. Yes, yeah, at least that. Um, but in in biblical times, when the when scriptures were written, that was something that was held in in respect and high esteem. Was that age thing too? You know, it's sad in our culture. That's so uh, striking to me is if you walk through a mall and you hear the language of young people, regardless if they're standing around older people or not. But especially when they're around older people, the foul language that's coming out of uh, youth is really striking to me. Mm-hmm. And it tells me that there is something, uh, there is a sickness in society that I don't think they see as a sickness, but uh, it's not going to work out good in the long run. And it's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, give me a room full of uh, older people and a room full of younger people and ask me which ones I want to run my life for me. I'm going to go with the older folks mm-hmm. and hope they let me be a kid once in a while. But, yeah, it's, that's missing. That respect is missing, and it's, it's not a good thing. It's not. I feel like I've hijacked the conversation again. No, that's good. That's good. That's just a reminder that this this journey that we're on is not to be done alone. Paul Paul was not responsible right. for discipling everybody in every church everywhere he went. Paul was responsible for making disciples, and all of us are responsible for making disciples. But it's that idea that we take people with us. We need you know, we just had a new members class, and they had a lot of new people that are interested in our church. And that tells me that God says your church needs these people. It's not just a bragging right to go, hey, there's new people here. But 
God's bringing some new asset. He's bringing some new thought, some new energy, some new spiritual gift maybe that we need uh, and need help with. And so um, we're, we're called to do this thing together. Christianity is not, uh, it's not Lone Ranger mentality. You, you work on you. Yes, you got to work on you. And as a matter of fact, you need to work on you more than you need to work on anybody else. But you need to bring people along with you. And I agree with you, Michael. I like to hang out with older folks and listen to how they've made it. You know, Susan and I have almost been married uh, 33 years. But I like to listen to people that have been married 43 and 53 and 63 mm-hmm. and say, how, how'd you do it? Because they've got sometimes double the amount of experience that I have. And you listen to their wisdom um, and kind of encourage you too. You say, well, we can make it. They made it. We can make it. Mm-hmm. So good stuff. What was the original question or thing you started out with? Did you start this? No. I always lose track of who started it. I started it. Just talking about those illustrations of the do's and the don'ts, but then how do we lead those things out in our life? How do you live with your family, with your work, with wisdom, and then how do you bring other people along with you? And was there a part about it about how what you do or don't do there affects people around you? Was yeah. that part of your original? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because, you, again, you don't want to say, oh, I go to Sunday school every week, and I'm a deacon in my church, but I go home and I cuss my family and beat them up. And, yeah. I mean, there, there, needs to be, there needs to be some transparency with how we just live our life. Mm-hmm. And that's the best place to start. Uh, for a person who's, quote, unsaved, uh, who hasn't taken that step yet, why, if they're listening to us right now, why do you think they would still be listening to us? Because there's, there's a, we've piqued their interest, but it's really not us. It's God who's piqued their interest, and they're still, they, they hear some things that they want, mm-hmm. and they're not sure how to get them. Okay, well, I want you right here to tell them how to get them, because that part's kind of easy. Yeah. And yeah. I think some people think it's not. Yeah, it it is very easy. I mean, Basically, the Bible says that we need to believe. We need to believe that Jesus is God's Son. We need to believe that He is the only way to salvation. And I heard something this morning, and I was like, man, I love that. And it's like, you don't need to have a big faith. You just need to have faith in a big God. And there's a lot of truth to that, because I would think, even us just being honest, sometimes we struggle with what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to act, uh, what we're supposed to think, I don't know about y'all, but I still have stinking thinking, you know. Well, we, we put I, that on display yeah, every time well, yeah, we, we turn on these microphones. <laughs> and so even though we've been Christians for a while, we don't have it all made, and we don't understand everything. So our faith doesn't have to be big, but our faith has to be in this big God that can help us. And, you know, that's what I would say. I always try to tell people, just wherever you're at, in your journey some people are like well i'm waiting to find out this and what just stop just stop look up and say god i'm a dummy and i know i've broken your laws i may not even understand what laws but i know i know i've messed up and i hear about this jesus and i want to understand and i want to believe and and even with whatever i have right now i believe that you want me to believe you know just it is as simple as that. It's as simple as, you know, I, I just, I, I give it to you. Help me, you know. I think I've heard you say, you know, 
you got to that place and just like, oh yeah, help me. Yeah, you know, God's not God's not looking for a dissertation mm-hmm. or a, a research paper or a beautiful theological statement that you can make. Because here's the reality: I am looking forward to going to heaven, but I am sure every day I'm gonna wake up with learning something new. Mm-hmm. I'm not ever gonna figure out this God. He is too big for that. Um, so just stop wherever you are with whatever knowledge you have and just surrender it. Yeah, here's an interesting note to that. You're never going to figure him out. No. But he's got you figured out already. Absolutely. <laughs> Period. Absolutely. He already, he's got you figured out. Yeah. yeah so, and he's ready for you. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So just do it. Surrender. Do the drive right just now. surrender. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just surrender. Absolutely. Yeah. And you don't have to let us know. We're not TV preachers, so you don't even have to let us know. But if you wanted to, you could at comments. Yeah, it's exciting to know, you know, when, when that happens with somebody. But did we get where we were going? Absolutely. Yeah. Landed right. plane. Landed the plane. Uh, okay. In the interest of time, uh, we all have somewhere we have to be here in a few minutes, which is odd. Saturday morning at two two a.m. Where you got to be? But just trust us. Parties. Horses, yeah. <laughs> the Romeo Club, retired old men eating out. That's what somebody oh, told okay. me. About. They asked me if I want to be in the Romeo Club. And I said, well, that sounds kind of exotic. And they said, that stands for retired old men eating out. <laughs> oh, well, okay. There I'm already go. in it, whether I show up or not. We'll be back. In your Audi coming right up. We have one main goal at Mike the Baptist, and that's to talk about Bible stuff in a way that's easier to understand while getting to know other Christian people in a front porch friendly kind of way. Sometimes churchy talk gets in the way of listening to what God's Word is actually saying to us personally. And frankly, churchy talk is just kind of boring at times. So on Mike the Baptist, we're trying to simplify the message and put it into the same kinds of words we actually use every day, which we hope will help you make it easier to put those words into action to improve your own life today. As Mike the Baptist grows, so does the time it takes to put it all together. And as we transition into a full-time project, we have less time to try and make a living outside of these efforts. So if you like what we're up to, and you think we should keep it up, we simply suggest you consider helping us do that by supporting us right now through our merchandise offerings at MikeTheBaptist.com. It really is that simple. We have to eat and pay electric bills, just like everybody else. And for now, our merchandise section at MikeTheBaptist.com is our sole source of financial support for the program. You'll find a good selection of tees and hoodies there in all kinds of sizes and colors, which we think you'll like. It really is that simple, and we do need your support. Thanks for being a part of this journey, and we all look forward to finding out even more of what's in that Bible through our simple and sometimes silly talks on Mike the Baptist. Hey, everybody, it's time to play America's almost favoritest new game show, Any or Audi, where we challenge our guests to figure out if a phrase we give them is actually in the Bible or out of the Bible. Sharpen your wits, guest. You're about to be in the hot seat of Bible stuff because you're the next contestant on Any or Audi. Here's Mike. This time on In Your Audi. We're going to do exactly what we do every time on In Your Audi. Two of us are going to present something that is either in the Bible or out of the Bible. I'm pulling up an old hat trick from early on In Your Audi before we exactly knew what we were doing. And uh, 
So yeah, a little bit of a curveball, but not not an incredibly anyway. Uh, HD and I are in control of this session. Uh, so uh, HD, why don't you go first because you look eager. I'm making sure I got all my documentation correct because I know okay. you guys are going to argue with me on this. By the way, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, you brought up the ostrich thing. Right. Well, I taught my uh, Sunday School Connect, whatever you call that gathering now at churches on Sunday mornings. But anyway, I taught uh, a Sunday or two ago, and I thought, you know, I'm going I'm to do a little in or outy right here in my Sunday School group, uh, Connect group. And I used your ostrich thing. And it's like, uh, you know, we struggled that day kind of figuring it out. It's like they all knew already. I'm going like, what? What did we miss? I think the difference is, you know, we're here in this pressure tank. It's kind of a pressure it's thing. It's a pressure tank, yeah. You know, that they were more spread out. They had more people to talk. And uh, that was also at 8.30 on a Sunday morning where we're at 2 a.m. Oh, on yeah. a Saturday morning. Exactly. I mean, it just makes yeah, a big take difference. all that in consideration. It just makes a big difference. It's still fun. I really don't want to think they're smarter than we are, but that could be too. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I know most of them. So, all right. Okay. So, here's the phrase: "Live by the sword, die by the sword." Uh, tick tock, tick tock. <laughs> yes, it's, the clock is running. So now, immediately came to my mind. When the, when the dude's ear got cut off there. <laughs> I, I know that's not real. That's not a real biblical way to say that. But So the, the Roman guy, he sliced his ear off, right? Mm-hmm. One of the disciples yeah, sliced Jesus off the Roman. Yeah, he it up. Yeah, stuck mm-hmm. it back on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what came to my mind. Where, yeah. But that phrase may not be connected to that at all, but for some reason all that kind of crossed, you know, runways there in my well, you are a professor now. You know, Dr. Jackson did teach us in Connect class last, doc, last week. A good so, doctor. You know, did you learn anything? I'm not sure what we talked about that day. Ostriches? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ostriches. We started out with ostriches. ostriches. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yes. So I already knew that. Okay. So I didn't learn anything about that. Yeah. No, I did learn. That's good. Um, Neil? That's where my mind went, was to that. Okay. Uh, well, you were talking about being in the garden. Yes. When they're driving yep. Jesus. Um, but I don't know that it says it that way. I'm not sure. What was your phrase exactly? Live by the sword, die by the sword. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that we're gonna be at any on this one. Did was it Jesus that said this? Maybe it might be what you're thinking about right there. Yeah. But I'm not 100 positive. I'm just I'm I'm, I'm leaning towards it. But who else would have said that? I mean, Jesus is the one who would have had authority to tell you. Well, God said it. If it's in the Bible, God said it. Well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> he threw the God card at Boy, well, he did. Uh, you yeah. got no kind like, it's kind of uh, like the Connect class answer. Jesus. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, can I quote scripture? Nah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm just kind of leaning you towards. Too? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he got us with ostrich last time. He did. You know, I'm like, I'm come still on. floored by that one. Yeah. Oh, you need to listen to Baptist. Yeah. Uh, would have been two weeks ago. Well, sometime in the past. Mm-hmm. We need to dial up the Wayback Machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I think any, too. I'm a little scared to say any because the phrase 
It, the phrase sounds like <laughs> he's so excited. The phrase he's sounds like, oh, like I something just... you would <laughs> say in conversation. Hey, he's so excited over there. He's happy. He's, he's got us. <laughs> <laughs> well, he ain't got us yet because uh, I'm still. I'm, I'm, <laughs> he's stalling. <laughs> no, Non-committal. Uh, he's, he's trying to pull it out of you. Both y'all said any. I said any. I'm gonna go for it. Yeah. I'm going with them with an any. The reason I was smiling is I, sometimes I come to these things, I'm like, I don't even know what the answer is. <laughs> yeah, you've done that too. Chris. I know, right? So, <laughs> correct idea. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, put your sword back into its place where all who take the sword will perish by the sword. So the phrase, live by the sword, die by the sword, is not oh, in the Bible. But the concept of Jesus was basically saying, if you're going to be a person of uh, anarchy and violence, then that's the way you're going to die. I wonder who changed the phrase. I mean, there's a point in in time where somebody does these phrases that says it the first time. Right, right, right. It's kind of like, we ain't fancy, but you ain't either. Somebody said that for the first time at some point in history, and now it lives on. (laughs) (laughs) But he trademarked it. Yeah. Yeah. well, that was the first time in history it was said, I think. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm always fascinated to, to figure out who said that the first time. So right. Somebody evidently in Western culture or something kind of shortened that so they could, probably so they could fit it on a T-shirt. Right. Okay, that That's was good. free. So the reason know. I say that, I mean, it, it kind of is in there, but it's really... It Can was we not find a translation that says, right. by the sword, die by the sword? Right, it wasn't necessarily... Did you look at the message? Yeah. Did you see... Okay. That's it. <laughs> New living, I'm grasping. I'm like, yeah. I hate to be yeah. wrong. <laughs> well, the message would have changed that. What's the thing they had in Star Wars? Lightsaber? Yeah, the message yeah. would have changed that. The lightsaber. Or uh, might have changed it to a feather. I don't live by the feather. So we were right. Wrong. We were, we, we were wrong. Wrongly right. We were we, conceptually uh, Conceptually correct. correct. Okay. Yeah, you had the right. I was proud of you. You knew exactly that Jesus had had that conversation. Okay. And that yeah. is where the phrase comes from, yes. right? Yeah, I knew all that was parallel to that. Felt connected, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or disconnected if it, before Jesus healed him. Yeah, that would be totally disconnected. Well, I see what you did right there. Thank you. A little slow on that one. I have the power now. Be gone, Baldy. <laughs> be gone. Don't Baldy. you always have the power here? Oh, well, possible. in a way. Uh, okay. It's been a while. All right. So early on, when we were doing in your Audi, uh, experimented a few times with. Things that were in the Bible, but a little bit of it was changed, yes. which kind of was a whole different twist on you had to kind of figure out. It was almost like what we did right there, sort of. I guess I'm not doing anything different then. <laughs> Tell me if this is in the Bible or not. <laughs> is this an any or an Audi? It's 24-7 in, his, in here. It's like, it's like the theater with H screens. Mm-hmm. in this head all the time and you just got to pick one to watch but if you're bored you can just go to the next are one. they in different theaters or it's totally different no it's all different all rooms different definitions too yep it's so like a different something black and white i have noticed that today that things are in black and white at times go ahead i'm sorry so you're getting in there too yeah <laughs> buy some popcorn uh, is this an any or an alley when a man has lost his hair and is bald he is clean. If he has lost his hair from the front of his scalp and has a bald forehead, he is clean. 
Is that in the Bible? Or is that not in the Bible? Ooh. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> if it's in there, it's it's part. It's if it's in there, it's near uh, uh, sections of the Bible that really like talk about mildew. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think the first part of that may be in there. I don't. I don't know about the front half being gone. Let me give you the whole thing again, so you can really yeah. study it. Because I want people, you know, like we said, we want people when they're out in the public talking about things in the Bible, we want to get them right. So we wouldn't want anybody out there saying this yeah. in conversation all the time. When a man has lost his hair and is bald, he is clean. If he has lost his hair from the front of his scalp and has a bald forehead, he is clean. There you have it. So is he doing... Well, these things that he just talked about, where he just switched up a little bit of it, a good question to uh, to throw us off. Or did he do that to throw us off? Throw you off. It sounds like the Department of Redundancy Department. It does, especially the, the yeah. last the last half of that. It's like, well, yeah, if it's bald on the front, well, yeah, it is clean. Because that'd be pretty hard to determine. I mean, there, you know, a receding hairline, or you, you know, yeah. Well, you see those though. Yeah. You know. I thought it was armpit hair. Mm -hmm. Got a story on that too. <laughs> so is that implying it's unclean? If you, if don't you have the hair? If you have hair? I actually kind of read some before and after in some of this. <laughs> and it's, it's worthy of a good read. Yeah. Part, part of it's in there, obviously. Yeah. 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 But well, yeah, all of that in I'll there. I'll fess up that. I, I'm not going to say some of it. It's either all of it or because that's the way I read it. <laughs> so all of that or I'm, none I'm of that. Say, I'm going to say ouch. I mean, I know some of it's in there, but I don't think mm -hmm. all of that. I don't think that whole phrase is in there that is, way. Is Jackson getting clever enough, though, to put on a show? If he, you know, he had his Bible out earlier and he was reading it. And laughing. Like, is, he, is he doing that just for show to throw us off right now? Was this even in the <laughs> You know, anything could happen. Uh, well, you know how them boys yelling, get out of here, Baldy. Yep. What a so great planet. Baldy was a bad thing. That's a recurring thing for some reason. Apparently, if they're bald, you're clean. But the prophet would be clean, so that should be okay. But maybe they thought he was only partially bald. Their head probably didn't shine in those days. They didn't, they didn't have that wax. It. All oh, they didn't have the microfiber cloths to get up there and do a good job on it. The soul, <laughs> soul shaming. Yeah, you remember that? Oh, my God. Good old oh, Jimmy. Yeah. All right, we got a vote. What's it going to be? I'm saying out. It's got to be the whole thing I'm saying out. Peer pressure, I'm out. Leviticus 13, verses 40 and 41. When a man has lost his hair and is bald, he is clean. If he has lost his hair from the front of his scalp and has a bad bald forehead, he is clean. It's all in there. This is this is oh, why peer pressure is bad. Yeah, peer so pressure is bad. It's actually a trick. But let me t let me give you one piece of humorous information. I was actually in my Bible writing this word for word when I was writing it, and I guess it's not written this way. But in my head, I guess in order to make this a, an official scriptural writing. When I got to the part that said, if he has lost his hair, I put a T on the end of has. If he has lost his hair, 
No, yeah. He's King James. King James. Yeah. I think it would be TH if he half lost his hair. Half lost his hair, yeah. So, well, this Maybe is the way Arkansas is. Well, I'm glad I could bring y'all down. Well, I'm no. Just a double loser today. In fairness, Coons, it was Coons, a curveball. Coons would have made the right decision if I hadn't just jumped in there and voted. But yeah, right. if I if I had just read it and left you all and and wasn't dropping odd hints back and forth uh, to throw you off even more, I think you would have came out okay. I, I'm tired. I'm kind of thinking that <laughs> any rowdy is no longer America's fa almost favoritist game show. Well, no, I think it. I think every time the preachers lose, it becomes an even more favorite. Yeah, yeah it just <laughs> makes me want to write my resume again. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, enough of that. We're going to take a quick break, come back, sing a hymn, and bring this all back to reality uh, before we move on to something else. Good round. Oh, wow. What a great contestant and a fine sport today on Any or Audi, America's almost favorite new game show. Study up, future guest people. You're next in the hot seat for Any or Audi. Earlier in the program... Brother Hodo mentioned the word woolly booger. Didn't you? Either in this one or the other one. I don't remember. I think that's mm -hmm. Green Room. It was? Yes, in the Green so Room. So it hasn't been publicly brought up. But anyway, he mentioned the word woolly booger. It, it was here? Yeah. yeah, and it was an old word I was familiar with. I grew up with it. Neil, I don't think I'd heard that mm -hmm. from Indiana. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, it. Uh, it reminded us. There's a hymn. There's a hymn that's very. Some of them don't get used a lot in the Mike the Baptist hymn, for obvious reasons. Uh, the, I think the uh, Willie Booger. Uh, well, it, this is hard to explain, but this is why it's. it's <laughs> Willie Booger is not in the Mike the Baptist hymn. That's just too odd. Is that an or not? Willie Bully actually is in the Mike the Baptist hymnal, and we found it and dug it up. In honor of HD's Wooly Booger comment, <laughs> if if there's if you feel the need for more explanation than that, you're on the wrong program. Go to church. Go to church <laughs> and come down front. <laughs> you can come down front first. Okay. You take care of that first. Anyway, uh, we are going to. Uh, Neil was not familiar with Wooly Booger. He was familiar with Wooly Bully, and since he's an actual music person at a church. I'm going to ask him to lead this one because I don't I don't feel qualified. I don't feel quite spiritual enough to lead Wooly Bully on the day's hymn. But you, my friend, seem more than spiritual enough to lead this. Wow. Okay. Lead us, Neil. All right. All together now. Maddie told Hattie about the things she saw. Had two big horns. And a woolly job, woolly bully, woolly bully, woolly bully, woolly bully, woolly bully, woolly bully. Okay, second verse, everybody. Hattie told Maddie, let's don't take no chance. Let's not be L7. Come and learn to dance, woolly bully. Yeah, hey, drive, drive, drive. 
Somewhere in the song. There you go. There you go. You're all churched up. Good for another week. Uh, we'll be back in uh, another week to Lord willing. And the creek don't rise. That's right. Exactly. If my creek rises on Honey Run, we're all in trouble. Y'all in trouble wherever you live. My creek rises that high. Anyway, hey, we're just Christians. Try not to cuss. Yep. See you next time.